the Internet's most listened to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and what a great show this will be. As all of my listeners know, we are celebrating the entire month of July, the 15th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, one of the greatest pieces of civil rights legislation written, and what a great celebration it will be on July 26th. And for that reason, this month we started off with Andy Imperato. Last week we had Tony Quello, but today you have to get ready for the two, as far as I'm concerned, President and First Lady of Disability in this country, two people I am so proud and blessed to know, the Honorable Former Attorney General of the United States of America, Governor Dick Thornburg, and his wonderful wife, Jenny Thornburg, who is the Director of Religion and Disability Programs at NOD and a recent recipient of the Hubert H. Humphrey Award. Both of you, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joyce. Good to be with you, as always. Thank you so much, Joyce. Thank you. Well, it is my honor to know both of you. You know in your life, I tell everyone, in your life you will meet certain people that will just have such an impact on you. And two people I followed even before I ever got to meet them in person, admired so much, are Dick and Jenny Thornburg, who, by the way, my good friend Linda Dickerson, I remember her first telling me so much about the two of you and how throughout your life you have cared so much about Americans with disabilities. And now here we are, Dick and Jenny, 15 years later since that great, wonderful day when the ADA was signed, I have to ask both of you to take a moment and share with us what, what are your memories like of all of that. Be glad to, Joyce. Uh, you're very generous uh, in your assessment of our role in the disability movement, but I have to add that uh, we are only part of an army of people across this country concerned about people with disabilities and that they have the right to full enjoyment of uh, what every citizen has as a right in this country, and that is uh, full participation in, in our life and our society. Fifteen years ago today, I remember it as if it were yesterday, it was a beautiful, sunny day on the south lawn of the White House. Maybe four or 5,000 people, some with, some without disability, gathered to watch President George Bush uh, George Bush 41, I guess we have to call him, Mm -hmm. uh, signed into law what has become known as a Bill of Rights for Americans with Disabilities. And uh, on that day, I think all of us who were there present reflected on the long struggle it required to extend to people with disabilities in this country the rights that they are guaranteed. And in that intervening 15 years, we've seen a lot of progress, some setbacks, but no uh, no relinquishing any of the determination to get the job done. It was a great day. And, Jenny, what about you? Joyce, what do you remember? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking about our son, Peter. Dick, Dick and I are blessed um, with four sons. Um, 
all Pennsylvanians, and Peter, our son with disability, is always in our hearts, um, um, always thinking about him and how he can have his full rights uh, secured. So that, as Dick and I were both honored to be present that day, Peter was there with us um, in our mind. And, and the struggle that we've had to make sure that Peter had educational opportunity and, and employment opportunity and acceptance. And so he was he's our mentor in these matters. I wanted to add that day um, somebody very dear to me, the Harold, Reverend Harold Wilkie, um, who uh, is a friend of ours and who is no longer living, but he, he gave a blessing that day. And to my, to my knowledge, it's the only time in the history of the nation that there was a blessing at a presidential bill signing. Uh, Harold Wilkie is a United, was a United Church of Christ um, pastor, uh, born without arms, and phenomenal speaker, and um, just he had a, a way um, of bringing out the best in all of us. And I just pulled out the, the blessing to read uh, to you, Joyce. He said, today we celebrate the breaking of the chains which have held back millions of Americans with disability. Today we celebrate the granting to them of full citizenship and access to the promised land of work, service, and community. And um, upon his completion of the, of the blessing and other brief speeches when the president gave his superior remarks, he then signed the Americans with Disabilities Act and handed the signing pen to Reverend Wilkie, who used his feet and toes as you and I might use our hands and arms. And he received the signing pen in his toes and smiled. And the, I think the president smiled as widely as the president could because it was just there we are as a nation granting citizenship, full citizenship, not sort of citizenship, but full citizenship to 54 million American uh, children uh, and adults. A lot of substance to that day, but as Jenny points out, a lot of symbolism as well. Yes, and, and I have to ask you now, Jenny, did you have something to do with that prayer? Well, I did. <laughs> Joyce, I think I told you the story. Harold Wilkie is my mentor in coming to work in the religion field, uh, religion and disability field, and had helped me, especially as the uh, program was being established 16 years ago. And I would call him and get advice because he had worked interfaith and he had a way of simplifying things that seemed quite complex to me in the beginning. And so when the White House invited him to um, give a blessing, um, he uh, wrote this phenomenal prayer that was five minutes in length. I mean, any of us, if we would have a chance at such a Memorial Day uh, to give a prayer, it would be at least five minutes. And the White House then called me and said that it had to be 58 seconds long. It couldn't be five minutes. So then I called Harold and I said, Harold, it's, it can only be 58 seconds. And, and so we tried to cut some, but these were words from his soul, <laughs> words of oppression that he really didn't want to take out. But the end of blessing was 58 seconds, and it was superior. Any of your um, listeners who would like a copy, um, they might just contact you, and I'll send you a copy, choice so you can send it on to them. Well, not only would I like you to send me a copy, and I will send that to anyone listening to the show, if you contact me, jbender at benderconsult.com or 
Disability Matters at voiceamerica.com, I will send you a copy of that prayer. And in addition, Jenny, if you send that to me, I will put that on our website. Oh, great, great. So do I have this correct? And that is the only piece of civil rights legislation like that that a president signed where there was a prayer. Um, that is what I am led to believe, but I've not obviously made a study of every piece of legislation. I have said this consistently, and nobody has, has uh, questioned it. Um, and it was called a blessing. I first asked the White House if it might be called a prayer, and that word was not accepted. But a blessing was felt to be something the nation understood. This was a moment of blessing for our nation. Well, there you are, out there constantly doing God's work. And isn't that something that it is the Americans with Disabilities Act that had that blessing and that prayer? That is something. I only wish, as I'm sure many of our listeners do, that I could have been there. But that is why, for those of us that did not get to share in that wonderful day, Dick and Jenny, it is so important to keep telling those stories and hearing that history because Americans with disabilities need a history also. You know, that's very important to know your history. And surely that day was, as Dick said, a symbolic day. And I'll bet to President Bush that was a great day, I'm assuming. No question about it. I think he regards the Americans with Disabilities Act as one of the uh, prime accomplishments of his administration. He said as much, and he's shown as much, because he's continued his interest in disability issues long after he left the uh, presidency. But, you know, I think every one of us who was present there that day felt uh, that we were representing all of those who had worked hard and had an interest in this issue and who were not able to be present. You could feel uh, a sense of solidarity in that group that identified across the country and indeed around the world with people who had been systematically denied their rights in years past. That's a good point, Dick. I think up to, up to the bill signing uh, 15 years ago, various disability organizations and disability concerns were working on their own behalf. For example, because of our son Peter's disability, Dick and I spent most of our time um, advocating for people with mental retardation. And uh, I'm sure other listeners did the same for issues uh, surrounding the blind community, the deaf community, paraplegias. So uh, what happened in this remarkable piece of legislation is we gave up our individual agendas and came together in a much more powerful union, and we were all supporting each other as, as, and producing a stronger America. It was, it was quite amazing. Yes, and I know that one of our, our friends that we all admire so much, a great man, Justin Dart, I'm sure that was such a momentous day to him also, and although we have lost Justin, we will never forget his leadership and everything that he has done, and we are just so proud of Yoshiko and her family and Idare, who will be on my show next week as they continue on. And you just remind me of them because any time you would talk to Justin, he would say, oh, but there's so many others. And, well, it, and you know Yoshiko's the same way. The, the Justin Dart family is the first family of disability rights. I don't think there's any question about that. He put in 
untiring efforts, traveling uh, to every state in the Union some two, three times to carry the message of the need for uh, action on this kind of legislation. He was a very uh, uh, warm and gentle man, but he had fire in his eye when it came to disability rights. And Justin used to call people in his audience, he'd call them patriots. <laughs> right. I mean, and it just made you stand taller yeah. when, when Justin said, or he, and he remembered, Dick, how he would say, lead on. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. couldn't slouch from your responsibility because he made you realize it was up to you to help advance this cause. Yeah, here um, was this man who had to use a, a wheelchair. He had uh, a very serious disability and yet he traveled far and wide and never seemed to flag in his energy. Dick, I think he, um, I, I don't know this precisely, but I think he visited every state four or five times. I wouldn't be surprised. As we were coming up to the bill signing of the ADA. Yep. Uh, what a champion. He was we a champion. Him. He was a champion, and um, it, it was such a great honor to me when he sent me a letter and told me, as Jenny said, to keep leading on in the area of employment. And to those of you listening to the show today, it's not over. So we need all of you to lead on and listen to these great stories and take action. And we'll be right back after this break with two great Americans who have fought for people with disabilities, the Honorable Dick and Jenny Thornburg. You're listening to Joyce Bender on The Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. 
We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Now welcome back to the show, and we are talking to the Honorable Dick and Jenny Thornburg, who have just done so much for Americans with disabilities. And before I go into some of the questions, which I want to thank all my listeners, we have Oh, we received so many emails about Dick and Jenny being on the, the show, and I just appreciate that so much. Uh, but, Jenny, I, I, I can't wait. I have to talk about this. I want to congratulate you on receiving the prestigious Hubert H. Humphrey Award earlier this year for the work you have done in opening the doors of worship in churches, synagogues, and mosques for all Americans with disabilities. And... You know, I have to tell you, I even I did not realize, uh, and I, you know, of course, am one of the people attending church and did never thought about and realized how people with disabilities are excluded. And I was so proud of you when you received that award. I want you to take a moment and just talk about what you do. Well, I, I think I have the best job in America, Joyce. I... I look forward to my work every day. I think about it in the night. think about it Saturday and Sunday. Um, what it involves is two very deep interests and concerns of mine, which is uh, faith and uh, disability rights. And um, I basically work with churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, um, any religious organization, um, helping them understand that those of us in the disability community have gifts to bring to the congregation. Um, I think if we emphasize the gifts that those of us can bring, whether our, no matter what our disability is, it's better than just getting mad and um, you know, hammering on people and saying, shame on you for not welcoming us. So I'm continually helping congregations think of ways to become more welcoming, more affirming, more valuing of children and adults with disabilities. And uh, because the National Organization on Disability, where I work, advocates on behalf of 54 million Americans with disability, our whole community, uh, whether our disability is physical, sensory, psychiatric, or mental of any kind, the accommodations will vary tremendously. Uh, for those of us who use wheelchairs or walkers or scooters, the accommodations are going to be things like uh, designated parking places and ramps and um, few cuts and access to the BEMA or altar or chancel. But for those of us, for example, with mental retardation, 
the accommodation is the willingness of the congregation to befriend us and see us as interesting people, to see us as potential leaders, to see us as greeters, as readers of scripture, as people who can do tasks in a congregation. So the attitudinal barriers, as you can imagine, um, Joyce, are the ones that are the most difficult to address and remove. You know, we can make the architectural changes in a congregation, um, and we can install things like um, assistive listening devices and purchase Braille materials and large print materials. But how do we change the hearts and minds of the people? How do we help people to understand that someone with disability is just as dear to the Almighty as somebody else and that they have a right to be welcomed and seen as a gift giver? Um, that's, that's the long-haul job. And it happens through education, it happens through friendship, it happens through uh, consistently welcoming um, children and adults who are right now already in our congregation but may not feel fully included uh, and fully educated. We say um, in our program, which is the title of our program is the Religion and Disability Program. And we say in our program that every citizen with and without disability has a right to a full life of faith. And that means a full life of faith of their choice. Some um, of your listeners may may choose not to uh, worship, and that's totally their right in America. But should you want to worship, you have a right to be welcomed and included. And you also have a right to study your faith. You have a right to serve other people, not just be served, but to serve other people, for that is the greatest joy of all in service. And you have a right to lead. Um, Our son, Peter, um, has done things like um, being a greeter. He has uh, lit the candles on the altar, which was a very, very big challenge for him. And he did it. And the whole congregation who loves him and accepts him watched as he walked. Uh, in a labored way, um, and as he did a magnificent job lighting the candles. And that, for him, was a major leadership role. So I think congregations are making progress, and um, I, I, I believe they still have some progress to go. Jenny, why don't you tell Joyce and her listeners about some of your programs and publications, because I think that, those are the kinds of support mechanisms that exist for all congregations. Uh, sure. Um, I, I think I'd like to say our website, which is www.nod, which stands for National Organization on Disability, .org slash religion, www.nod.org slash religion. And there, as Dick indicates, you can see um, our publications. Our principal publication is called That All May Worship, and this is a, a superb guide, interfaith guide, to transforming any congregation into a place of welcome. And it's uh, now in its seventh printing, and, and is that, that's how popular it's been. So we, we've issued guides over the years. We've nurtured over 225 conferences across America. And Joyce, you were a speaker recently at the uh, Pittsburgh conference. And these are events where the disability community comes into dialogue with the religious community uh, to improve access and to improve understanding. 225 
of these That All May Worship conferences. And any of your listeners interested in um, talking about a conference, sponsoring a conference, I'm the behind-the-scenes coach for these conferences, and uh, they've been most successful. We've also run a campaign called the Accessible Congregations Campaign, which uh, asks the congregations to, uh, pardon me, asks the congregation to commit to identifying and removing barriers to the full participation of people with disabilities. And that material, the Accessible Congregation Campaign material, is on the website. And last, the last two years have been particularly exciting because we've been working with seminaries. Seminaries are 200 accredited seminaries in America and um, academically rigorous places where religious leaders learn um, their faith and, and practice their faith. And uh, we've been working with them so that when a religious leader comes out of seminary, he or she is fully understanding that people with disabilities will be in their congregation and that they bring enormous gifts once they feel accepted and welcomed. And I think, I think, Jenny, that what we should do next year is possibly have you and a church leader and a rabbi uh, or someone from a mosque on the show and, and de- dedicate a show to this. Because if you're listening to the show and you're wondering, how, what can I do? What could I do to help people with disabilities? Here's something you can do right now, and that is to make sure that people with disabilities are included in your service. And as Jenny said, it's not just the accessibility, although that is critical too, and she has worked on that tirelessly across this country, but it's also that attitude. And probably the most important accommodation we can offer uh, another person, um, especially somebody with disability, is the gift of friendship. Mm. Um, If you are a genuine friend of somebody, if you extend yourself in friendship to a person with disability, uh, then there are two of you worrying about the the steps or worrying about the poor sound system. And uh, two is a mighty number, and uh, change will occur. Go ahead, Dick. To me, uh, just a a side remark, because uh, Jenny knows her program inside and out, but uh, as a lay person in this area, you you immediately wonder, well, my goodness, uh, why aren't our uh, congregations uh, at the forefront of this effort? And I think it's important to realize that this is not a mean-spirited or spiteful exclusion that has grown up over the years. It's just that it didn't catch people's attention. And one of the great pluses in Ginny's program is it raises the profile uh, for the faith community of the advantages of being inclusive in this respect. And I I always like her slogan, uh, which is, a ramp is not enough. I mean, a ramp is an opening, to be sure, and can accommodate people who uh, need that kind of facility. But that's just the beginning. It's the attitudinal changes, as she points out, that are most difficult and uh, it's very, very heartening to see these thousands of churches, synagogues, and temples that have uh, uh, signed up and participated in her program. And you know, Dick and Jenny, I see so many parallels to the whole world of employment when I hear you say a ramp is not enough because something I frequently say is I'll go to a corporation and they'll start 
you know, telling me, listen, we really get it. Look at this. We have ramps. We have TTY. We have Braille. We have everything, and they do. They have everything except one thing, employees with disabilities working there. <laughs> and it's the same thing. A ramp is not enough is such a great slogan for the work that you do. And, Jenny, I just want to make one other comment about that. I was fortunate enough to get to be in Washington, D.C., to see Jenny receive this very prestigious award with the likes of people such as Julian Bond and Senator uh, Tommy Daschle and others. And when she, when they showed a video of Jenny first speaking, she said, every day when I get up, every day I think about this. <laughs> every morning, every night, I think, what can I do to further this cause? And that is what makes you, Jenny Thornburg, such a great champion. And, of course, we'll be back to talk to her husband, who I know we would all like to nominate to be the next presidential candidate. Just think we'd have him and Jenny. We'd have really be in great shape. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, and you're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back, and we are talking to the Honorable Dick and Jenny Thornburg. And before we receive a million calls, no, Dick Thornburg did not state he was running for president. <laughs> that is my wish and my dream. But if ever, ever, if ever that day would happen, I'll bet there's 20 million Americans to 54 million that would be behind you. Dick, you really want to get me in trouble, don't you? I do. I I'm want you. I, I do. But, 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 so you know. That was it. That's my eye. That's my, one of those wishes. You know, when you said, "Oh, I just wish this would happen," but uh, no, that is not something that is happening. That's a Joyce Bender wish. Good. So well, I want to make sure I make that clear to all of our listeners, friend. so I don't get you in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but I have actually a question for you from one of your friends. Sure. Um, and it is a question that was written to me from Ole Cantos from the Department of Justice. Sure. And he has a question for Dick and Jenny that he'd like me to read, which is, what do you each believe have been the greatest advancement in disability rights over the past 15 years, and what do you see as the most serious remaining barriers? Mm -hmm. What specific action steps do you recommend listeners should take so we progress over the next 15 years? I would like to say that the biggest advance has been in providing people with disabilities with the dignity and economic security of employment, but I can't say that, and that points up where the single biggest hurdle remains for the full enjoyment of uh, their lives uh, for people with disabilities, and that's where I think a lot of effort, uh, including yours, Joyce, is focused these days. That is to increase employment opportunities for uh, people with disabilities. The, uh, and as I said, it, it, it is a matter of dollars and cents in that it provides a, a measure of economic security, but it's more than that. It's the dignity of being accepted in the workplace, of having interaction with fellow employees uh, with or without disabilities, and it's uh, the full life that, that we appreciate in this country. And that's where our biggest task remains. No question about that. Joyce, um, the National Organization on Disability um, has been the surveying uh, group for the disability community over the past 18 years. And in preparation for your program, I pulled out the NOD Harris 2004 survey of Americans with disabilities. And this is available on our website. A summary is available on our website at no cost to your listeners, www.nod.org. And the, the stark reality is there has been very little change over these 15 years uh, since the Americans with Disability Act was signed into law in the employment area. Uh, reading specifically of all working age people with disabilities, and that's uh, 18 to 64, only 35% are full employed full or part-time compared to 78% of working-age people without disabilities, a gap of 43 percentage points. And, and, and after that, the, the second major point, which 
uh, people can look at our website and see is among those with disabilities who are unemployed, 73% would prefer to be working. Um, that's a lot of Americans yep. who are missing not out in the economic benefit of employment, but uh, the self-satisfaction and integration that employment brings. And that is a horrifying figure. It certainly is. I am committed, as you know, I am a woman with epilepsy and a hearing loss. And I am committed the rest of my life to the area of competitive employment for people with disabilities. And, and we have come far, but as you pointed out, I would have to say that that is without question our biggest hurdle, and it too, as Jenny was talking about earlier, is an attitudinal barrier of thinking people with disabilities cannot compete equally or that they're inferior or, or just fear, ignorance, you know, lack of education, not, not understanding. And we are all continuing to work on that, but I would encourage people to go to NOD.org because this way when someone asks you about this information, you can back it up with data and with statistics. And I know I frequently use that Harris survey. And the Harris survey, um, incidentally, is on 10 indicators. Uh, the one we're talking about right now is employment, but there are nine other, uh, other important indicators, too, and uh, your listeners will want to uh, check them out. Also, uh, Dick and Jenny, a question I was, uh, it was requested that I ask you from your very good friend, uh, Linda Dickerson here in Pittsburgh, is to talk a little bit about that Roosevelt, Roosevelt statue in D.C., and the meaning of depicting President Roosevelt in a wheelchair. Well, that's a subject very dear to my heart. Um, our president and founder, Alan Reich, and the chairman of our board and our new president, Mike DeLand, eight years ago uh, got wind of the fact that the Roosevelt Memorial was not going to have an honest depiction of President Roosevelt. Um, he was being shown in all kinds of ways, in, in automobiles and behind chairs and things, but there was no depiction of the president using a wheelchair as he did uh, during his entire presidency. And it was just, it, 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 the word that came to our mind was shame. It showed this leader, probably the most important president of the 20th century, um, it, 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 but did not show him in an honest, historically honest way. Um, because the world at the time of his presidency was awkward about disability, and we pray now we're not. We're we're proud of who we are. We, if whoever we are, whatever we are, we have to come forward and live a full life, whether we have disability or not. And so we worked, and particularly Alan Reich and Mike Land worked for seven years to first secure the backing of the Congress that this. Uh, statue be added to the memorial. Second of all, get uh, the architects and the designers to agree to that. Third of all, of course, to uh, get the Park Service to agree, and then to raise the money for the statue and install the statue. And if you visit Washington, it's one of the first, most important sites to visit because there is the president, a wonderful sculpture of President Roosevelt in his wheelchair, and it's life-size. 
So you can roll up or stand up right next to the president and have your picture taken with your arm around him or um, greeting him, and it's become the centerpiece for this for this memorial, which didn't include it eight eight years ago. Probably when one I, of the most popular sites in yeah. Washington. Yeah, and when I see school children, you know, I've been an old third grade teacher, and I see the children all clustered around. The teacher says, "All right, go on over next to the president, and we'll get your picture." The, the teacher doesn't say, oh, my, the president's in a wheelchair. Don't go near the president. You know, the point is the guy led this nation from a wheelchair. And, and thanks to NOD, we now have historic proof and uh, ways for the American people and all the visitors who come to the memorial to see it. Even though uh, disability was uh, kind of a taboo subject during the time that he was uh, president, uh, I think by now and certainly reminded by this statue, people recognize that uh, uh, there's no limitation on uh, becoming the president or any other kind of leader in this country simply because uh, you have a disability. And I have to think that persons with disability who visit this memorial and see this revered president uh, portrayed as he truly was with uh, limitations and all, take inspiration from that and see that there are uh, no real barriers to their uh, full participation in a society which uh, is uh, increasingly willing to uh, provide those opportunities. I know you, Joyce, are always concerned about young people with disabilities, and that was such a subject for Justin. He always spoke about who the future generation of disability leaders were. And uh, I'm thinking about young people who, obviously, as we all do, have discouraging moments. And Dick and I at breakfast were talking about them. And the first thing Dick said, well, young people have to stay in school. We just have to complete our education, whether that's our high school education or junior college or college. Staying in school, at school, knowledge is power and knowledge is strength. And then we have to know the law. We have to know uh, when what the disability law is, whether pertains to our educational institution or the, the nation. And we have to stay focused. We have to stay sure that we are going to contribute. And we have to surround ourselves with supportive people, not naysayers, but people who bring out our best and, and whom we can support also. So, I mean, for young people listening, it's, um, it's a wonderful world if you stay in school, if you stay focused, if you know the law, and if you surround yourself with the right kind of people. And you heard those words from two great Americans who will be in history books forever for all the work they've done for people with disabilities in addition to their great own careers. This is Joyce Bender. We'll be right back to finish the show as we celebrate the 15th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. You're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. 
At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific with Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back, and what a great show. We have been talking to... The former Attorney General of the United States, the Honorable Dick Thornburg, currently with Kirkpatrick and Lockhart, and the Honorable Jenny Thornburg, Director of Religion and Disability Programs for the National Organization on Disability. And before I go to the next question, I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Go ahead. Hello, Joan. Hi. Joyce. How are you? Hi, Dick and Jenny. It's Joan Stein. Yes, how are you? Hi, Joan. I'm fine. <laughs> two of the two of my favorite people in the entire world and the the leaders <laughs> in the disability movement. Why well, we brag about you, Joan, the phenomenal <laughs> job you did at PNC Park and making well, sure that our baseball stadium in Pittsburgh is and so accommodating. It's wonderful. And, and for those people who don't know, PNC Park will be the host of the All-Star Game in 2006. Oh, and isn't that wonderful? And, it, yes. and here we are with the most accessible yep. stadium. Yes, How proud we will be. Yes, yes it is. And, and, and that's, I have, that's I have thanks to, tell to you. <laughs> I have to tell you that that what makes it the most accessible ballpark, and I've been told by, you know, some of the architects who worked on it as well, 
You know, Joan, we have some of these same features in other ballparks, but really what makes it so accessible has really been the spirit of Kevin McClatchy and his entire staff all along with the training of their staff and and really what they put into it from from the human side of it. Oh, that's that terrific. you know you can and and you all have heard me say this so many times you can build the Taj Mahal of accessibility, but if people aren't treated right, if they're yep. not treated with respect, it doesn't matter. And we have gotten such phenomenal feedback when I get a letter from a parent who says that her son, who is an absolute baseball fanatic, who um, uses a ventilator, can go to baseball games because there's oh. an electrical outlet. That's wonderful, wonderful. So, you you know, those are the kinds of, that's the kind of feedback that you can't put a price tag on that. Nope, nope. Good for you, good for Pittsburgh. I'm sorry? I said good for you, good for Pittsburgh, good for our fans. Well, and you had, uh, and hooray for Pittsburgh. You know about about the Pittsburgh spirit, and, and I think that people can do it elsewhere. Interestingly, I'm now working with the St. Louis Cardinals. Excellent. On Bush Stadium, because when their owner's rep finished in Pittsburgh, he went to St. Louis and he said, we've got to try to do what ADA Incorporated did in Pittsburgh. So we're out there working with them and working with them on emergency preparedness issues and marketing and just making sure that people know that when you build it, they will come, and then I tell them, you have to build it right, and then you have to tell people that you built it. <laughs> They're going to be building a new stadium here in Washington, D.C., so keep your eye on them as well. I, I certainly <laughs> will. I, well, I know that I have two, two of you down there watching them very closely as well. You bet. <laughs> because we want to be there. We want to be right in the middle of it all. And, and what, that's what full inclusion and full, full participation is about. That's exactly. right. And that exactly. is a good example. Another good example of quality of life for everyone. And I just want to say, Joan, I want to commend you on the absolute tremendous work you have done in this country. Thank you. I know we are so proud to have you here in Pittsburgh. And I also want to mention, I know you have a special birthday coming up. <laughs> so I oh. will be the first to say <laughs> on the air, Happy birthday to you, Joe. Well, thank you. And I'm proud to say that I am going to be 50 in almost two weeks. And so I am proud to say I'm going to be 50 because I'm joining many, many good people who um, are joining just the, I don't even think it's the middle of our life. I think it's just the, the I'm just hitting my stride now. Ah, great. Good for you. And as I remind my 91-year-old father that I am his baby and, and that's okay. But thank you, Joyce. I appreciate it. One year behind me you are, Joan. And what I always tell people about this is I say, listen, you know, if you almost lose your life, as I did when I almost lost my life when I had that almost fatal accident 20 years ago, you thank God every day of your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You're you older. Absolutely. Every Joan, single up... day is precious. Yeah. Absolutely. Every day is precious. And you all make those days very precious. Dick, I have to tell you that uh, when people ask me what's the difference, what made the ADA so different, I said it was the first piece of legislation that became an enforceable tool so quickly because of you. It became a reality in 18 months. Well, the regulations became a reality in 18 months because you were the Attorney General. Well, we you got made it done. It I told my folks that we have... So many excellent lawyers in the Department of Justice. Every once in a while, they need to be prodded. And I said, 
we got to get this done. We've got to have it ready right. to roll out uh, before the deadline and put it to work for uh, people with disabilities. That's the right. They've done so. That's right. And I applaud for 15 years. I've been applauding you for that. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> well, thank you, Joan. Thank you for calling in, and also keep up the great work you're thank doing. Thank you, and and love to everybody down in Washington. And Dick and Jenny, keep up the wonderful work. Your your hearts are still in Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, thank you, that. Joyce Bender, dear friend. Joan, uh, that was Joan. Oh, uh, well, yes. and Joan Stein too. Okay, thank hey, you. Bye bye. Bye bye, um, Dick. I wanted to ask you a question. Surely. You are speaking at the Tony Quello Lecture Series this October 19th, 2005, at the New York Law School. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. It's quite an honor, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, that is an honor for all. For, so anyone that wants to know more about this, uh, of course, Tony spoke the first year, and then Congressman Hoyer, and now this year, yep. October 19th, it just happens to be Disability Mentoring Day. Yes, indeed. So what a great day you're speaking there, and we will all be so excited, um, you know, to see you and to hear you. Well, it will be a challenge to follow in the uh, steps of uh, two great congressional leaders, but uh, I've talked to Tony about it, and I think what we're going to do is focus on uh, this uh, vexing issue of employment that we referred to earlier, and I want to make sure that I uh, touch in with Tony and with Peter Blank, who was our initial Mm -hmm. uh, Thornburg family lecturer at the University of Pittsburgh and with Bobby Silverstein and others who have followed uh, these issues so that uh, we can maybe lay out some uh, roadmaps for how to improve this uh, employment situation. And but the, it'll, it'll, it'll be uh, quite a thrill for me. The Thornburg family lecture series is so wonderful, and I thank both of you for that also, which is at the University of Pittsburgh and I was so proud to be included in any way, although I must say the keynote speaker, Peter Blank, was absolutely tremendous. When is that next event? He's one of the great experts. I think it's in February, isn't it, Jenny? It's actually Monday, February 9th, 2006. And Judith Human, mm. Judy Human, our friend from the World Bank, a disability expert extraordinaire, is the lecturer. Oh, that is fantastic. And she'll be talking about something that uh, we've become increasingly involved in, and that is uh, the international issues in disability. You know, there's a, a U.N. convention on disability rights that's been stalled and pending for some time, and there are a lot of countries uh, that really haven't uh, joined in the effort to uh, empower people with disabilities. The World Committee uh, uh, on Disability makes an award every year to a country that has uh, made substantial progress in disability rights, and uh, that's meant to uh, provide an example to other countries as to how they can move this cause forward. It's, it's really it's become a worldwide uh, effort. There are a number of groups that are involved in uh, advocating for disability rights. It's very exciting to see this notion that took root here in the United States first now have a worldwide audience. And what is that date again, Jenny? Uh, it's Monday, February 9th. Monday, February 9th. And mm-hmm. Judy Human, another great civil rights leader mm-hmm. um, who has been on uh, our radio show before, but who also was so involved and behind IDEA. And now, I'm, I'm, Joyce, interrupting to say that I, I have it down Monday, February 9th, but 
that is not a real date in February. So I'll tell on you to tell listeners. <laughs> it, it, it may be February 9th, which is listed as a Thursday. Okay, um, that sounds right. So it um, it will say it's in February for sure. I will announce it. Great. Anyone Good. listening to the show, I will we'll be announcing it and advertising that um, in January because... You know, if you are uh, in Pennsylvania or Ohio or really anywhere in the United States and you can come to this event, the Oh, yeah, we folks from all over the country there last year when Peter spoke. It was yes, really and, quite and you, thrilling. Anyone listening, you should attend this event. It is such a great event. And what I'll do is I will talk about that um, in January. And here I have it. It is February 9th. Thursday. <laughs> there you go. Well February 9th on Thursday. But just to make sure all of our listeners remember, I will be talking about that again uh, in in January, early in January, because, yep. uh, oh, what a great speaker Judy Human is, too. And it's free, F-R-E-E, no admission charge. Just there you an go. interest in disability rights will, will gain you admission. Well, let me tell you, I want to say this first, Jenny. I want to congratulate you again. You are someone who has inspired me in this area of remembering to look on the outward appearance when people attend a synagogue, a church, or a mosque. Jenny Thornburg, I just commend you. I think you are a wonderful leader. And, Dick, the same to you as Joan said. Had it not been for you, I really don't know this ADA would have ever moved along the way that it did so in behalf of all Americans with disabilities in this country, we thank both of you so much, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Joyce, for the hospitality. Hope we'll see you soon. You will. And, Jenny, do you have any last words for our listeners? Uh, the, the last word is there are no barriers to God's love. There should be no barriers in God's house. Well, there you go. There are no barriers to God's love, and there are no barriers in his house. And what is that quote of yours, Jenny? Because I always end with a quote. What is your quote about ramps? A, 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 a ramp is not enough. Well, every show we end <laughs> with a quote by a famous civil rights leader, so today it will be from Jenny Thornburg, who says, A ramp is not enough says the Honorable Jenny Thornburg. Thank you both for being on the show, and I'll look forward to seeing you soon. And all the listeners, stay tuned for I Dear Dart next week. This is Joyce Bender on VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.